Are you ready? You have come to the right place. Welcome one, welcome all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You are the most amazing person because you are here right now. My name is Josafat Emiliano and this is Hey Rockstar. One of the best shows on YouTube. You know what? All of the best shows on Twitch, one of the best shows on Facebook, just one of the best shows you could ever subscribe to because we give you value. We give you stories, things that inspire you to grow physically, spiritually, mentally, socially, and financially because we want you then to go and become the rock star of your industry. Welcome once again. This is episode 29, and it is an interview with a rock star. But before we bring in our amazing guest today, Miguel. <laughs> I love doing this. Let's do the thing, yo. Hey Rockstar, welcome. This is a storytelling platform designed to empower you to build yourself up physically, spiritually, mentally, socially, and financially. Why stories? Because stories live on. They are eternal. They are a powerful reminder of what one can accomplish when opportunity presents itself. So listen carefully, Learn the lessons, apply them to the big five, and become the rock star of your industry. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get on with the show. It's going to be a good one tonight. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Thank you all for uh, showing up at 645. I know it's a little different, but I guarantee you it's going to be one of the best shows you've ever seen on a Thursday. <laughs> Episode 29, Interview with a Rockstar. Today, tonight, we have a gentleman who has crossed the seas, who has crossed oceans, he's crossed deserts, he's crossed the wilderness, he's crossed mountains just to try some of the best barbecue he could find in that could be humanly possible created and i actually all these areas that he crossed were all down in the great republic country known as texas among some other places but other than that i want to introduce to you a, a long time friend of mine self and my family actually uh, a man who just started on a journey he's gone through a lot and there's a lot more to him than just barbecue but that's what we brought him in here so ladies and gentlemen a round of applause for nacho Oh, wait, wrong one. I mean, uh, <laughs> let's hear it for Mac from Small Town Texas Barbecue YouTube channel. <laughs> Come on in, Mac. I should, I should push that button. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of intro that I like to have. I mean, I did come over an ocean. That is the honest to God truth because mm -hmm. I was born in Germany. 
So, you know, I, I got here to the States and I got to Texas as soon as I could three months old, uh, you know? And so, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I think I'm glad that I ended up um, here. Of course, my dad was from here. So, Hey, here we are in Texas, ready for some barbecue. Oh yes. We're ready for some barbecue. So before we get to that, I'd like to know if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about your journey that got you even to, Oh man, that's going to be a loaded question, huh? Just tell us a little bit about your journey so far, whatever. My, My journey so far. Okay. Well, back in 1971, I was born. Well, that's a good one. I mean, the thing with us is that we grew up and we're out here in West Texas. Um, My grandpa was from Michoacan. Okay. And so uh, barbecue for me runs in our blood. My grandpa used to dig huge holes in the ground and would wrap up uh, beef heads and uh, mm. whole whole cows in some cases or steers, I should say. And uh, they would, hey, Abby, how are you? It's good to see you. Um, so that's the thing is that that started at a very, um, a very long time ago before I was even born. And so as I was growing up, uh, my granny would also make uh, the uh, beef heads and stuff like that with a mesquite. And we used to have these parties every year for either people's birthdays. The biggest one was Easter. We never called it a family reunion, but that's what it was. And we got together and, and we would do that. So for me, I mean, here I am uh, almost 50 years old and I'm recalling all of the things that we started with as kids growing up um, very much a lot of that I spent a lot of time on my uncle's ranch too and so every once in a while he'd bring a goat for granny to cook and uh, we would have to help her with uh, you know slaughtering the goat and lots of fun I don't know if you've ever done that before but but man oh man you know you know what's even better than slaughtering a goat telling all the kids that are eating it what it is and where it came from and that it was their best friend. I mean, they love that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Now. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I remember whenever I was offered the chance to help my brother-in-law slaughter the, the Christmas goat (laughs) and the whole having to hold it down while he slit the throat. Now we're not going to get into too much details because we might get flagged by the vegans. (laughs) <laughs> the vegans they know i'm vegan free so they stay away from me yep. but other than that no but yeah it, that was one thing also we also had a tradition of killing the hog the christmas hog or was yes. it the hog? yes and then we would like do we would fry the skins that day and and then they would process the meat get it ready and throughout the weeks my aunts would make tamales and my grandma would cook it and on christmas we'd have a big old tamale fest at grandma's house you know and i really do love and miss a lot of those traditional Mm -hmm. family um traditions that we used to have back in in the day (laughs) traditional traditions yes there you go that's that's the depth of my vocabulary for tonight ladies and gentlemen (laughs) but let's 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 go on more than this because when i met you well i mean i met you for other reasons but i do remember a time when you became a blogger a food blogger yes Please tell me, how did this come about? Okay, so so being a food blogger years ago, I, uh, I like to go out and review restaurants and any place that I would find myself, I would start taking pictures and, you know, the invention of the cell phone really helped me a whole lot because before that, 
I didn't have the ability to take those pictures except on a 110 camera and then waiting for them to develop. And then the internet was there. So that was happening. In fact, those things are still out there um, in the, uh, on the World Wide Web somewhere. It's, it was called Anonymous Food Reviews. And uh, we were a lot younger back then. I had uh, a lot more black hair in, in my, <laughs> on my head and on my beard. And so, yeah, I went out to different places and anywhere that we would go, um, any place. I mean, if I went in a, in a spot to eat any place, I would just, you know, take pictures and, and write it up. Sadly, a lot of the places that I had gone to um, have since closed. And that's just the nature of the restaurant business. You see so many, there's so many even now that I have gone to visit. Um, and it's not because I went there. I just want you to know that I didn't curse anybody, but a lot of those places, it's like um, the restaurant business is difficult. I know that you have family that's in the restaurant business. And so um, it's a testament when they can stay in business for a long time. It's it's just a difficult industry. Yeah. And so I was about to say, so you were the original millennial who would, take a picture of all the food <laughs> share with everybody to see maybe maybe so i i kind of back then my wife didn't make a, as big a deal of it um we enjoyed stuff like that and, and there was some places you know I, we, if we went to a wedding and we were in town for a couple of days like just for example we went to corpus one year and uh one of the things that is stuck in my mind that i reviewed at that point was an appetizer that was an avocado with a shrimp shrimp inside wrapped in bacon breaded and deep fried and hallelujah and and cheese in the middle too with the shrimp and and all that and so uh, i think it also had some uh, jalapenos too and so i still remember how awesome that looked we we like cut it in half and everything just starts oozing out and you're going like wow so that's something that that started me thinking about you know food stuff and thinking about, you know, taking those pictures to share experiences with other people and also to let them know, hey, I really enjoyed this spot. Now, back then, I didn't care about saying stuff that might hurt a restaurant if they were really bad. There were some places that I went that uh, had, you know, I hate to say it, they are out of business, but there was a place I had gone and it, it, just a place that smelled like raw sewage. And you don't want to eat at places like that. And so back then, you know, I didn't think they would last long, but my review was basically, Hey, food, um, food tasted good, but this and this and this and this would deter me from ever going back there again. And so that kind of started me on things. And, uh, it's a different situation now that COVID's around. Now, if you have something that is awful as far as smell or anything like that, um, it's, it's probably a place that I won't go back to, but it's not something that I'm going to put out there because the health department's going to get them sooner or later, bottom line. So I, uh, I don't make it a practice to go out and badmouth places because in this day and age, you can fail very easily. So that's true. And, you know, some people are just trying to, to make it, you, you don't yeah. know their story. You don't, you don't know they've going through a hard time. Maybe something uh -huh. happened that day that exploded and they're like, this stinks, but we still need to pay for the bill. So we got to exactly. open regardless. Yeah. But no, that's wisdom, brother. That's wisdom. That just shows that those gray hairs are starting to, to give <laughs> they're you They're starting to work. <laughs> I have a few here. You know, I'll, I, you know how you're saying you, you are a, of, of German descent. Uh, I did the 23andMe just to, uh -huh. out of curiosity. 
And I found out that my mom and my dad are not my. No, just kidding. They are. They are. Oh. I, I, can, I cannot. I cannot. I look. I, I got my mom's nose, and I got my 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 dad's forehead or whatever. But uh, but yeah. I, I did notice checking because oh, for one Christmas. And the, here's a funny thing. And, and Abby, who's on here, uh, for those of you who don't know, Abby Gail is my big sister. Yay! I'm just putting and one it of out. my most beloved friends of Correct. all. Times I met uh, Mac and I met uh, Elizabeth uh, through Abby many many moons ago, but uh, and also met a, a very mean mean cat named Sebastian. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I was going with this. Uh, my our our parents, well at least my mom, is not one for, to want anything. And but one year she just happened to mention, you know what? I she saw a commercial for Twenty Three and Me or whatever that was. And she goes, I would like to t- try that. And I remembered it. And I kept it in the back of my, my mind. It's like, I know that around Black Friday, they always have a sale. Like, I know what I can get my mom for Christmas. Something she actually wants. And yes. so I did. I got it for her and for my dad. And we did the whole split. Because I saw I did it for me. And I knew where I lied. But I didn't know which, from which parent I got the different varieties. And it turned out it was from my mom's side that I got a lot of Irish and, wow. and, and Scottish because I had red hairs in my beard and I'm like, where, where the heck, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm darker than dark. I, I don't burn the sun. I, I, I crisp and I, I get beautified or bronzified, <laughs> but it turned out, and of course uh, that, that, that led to another conversations. And when I shared this with my aunts, they were talking, or my uncle, uh, Junior, they were talking about how when my gra- my grandpa, my mom's dad, was younger, they would make fun of him because he was like a little, not redheaded, but he he looked like a little, not ginger, but he was almost ginger. He just looked like a little, uh, he looked out of place and people were like, you're not even Mexican or whatever. They, just made, poor, they made poor, poor fun of my, my grandpa. But it turned out it was through his side that we have the Irish. Um, and, and you know what? Here's a funny thing. Man, this is my show now. I mean, it's your show. We're going to interview you. But I just got to listen. I, I found a TED Talk about the history of the Irish people who actually went to Mexico to help fight the battles for them. Mm-hmm. I forgot. I need to get more into that, but that's a good chance that it was through that um, mixture, through that, that, that event when they, mm-hmm. there was a, a blend where they came to help them fight. I forgot which battles and which, which dictatorship they helped free the, the Hispanics in Central Me- uh, America that a lot of these Irish people decided to stick around, Scottish people. So they're blended in with Mexicans. So there is some Irish descent in a lot of the Mexican people. So yeah. through that, I had red hairs to say, but now all my red hairs have turned white. So I have like patches uh, of white. Mine too. I had, I had some of those and I haven't done one of those tests yet, but uh, it is something that is intriguing to be able to find out. Um, you know, you're always interested in, fa- in finding out where you come from and I pretty much just know back to my grandparents, uh, pretty much on both sides. I know enough to, that tells me where they were from and exactly like my grandpa on my uh, mom's side was from France and my grandmother is German. Um, on my dad's side, there's also some German, but way back further than my grandparents, because both of my grandparents, my grandpa's from Michoacan and my grandma was from around the Fort Stockton area. Um, she lived on a ranch uh, way out there in the middle of nowhere. And so, um, you know, you find all these different things about yourself and it makes you wonder. But, you know, so many things that you think about, I a lot of that stuff for me. I think to myself, you know, the only thing that really matters for me in the end 
my last name is inconsequential. It's like I told you, um, as much as I love uh, my family and stuff like that, my name is inconsequential because the person that I want to be identified with more is my heavenly father than any father here on earth. And so that's the thing. I love people and, um, I don't, I don't push, um, my faith or other things like that. I enjoy having uh, fun with uh, friends. doesn't matter where you are. I've taken a page out of Jesus's book, you know, the Bible. And when I go out and meet with people, we talk and we have a drink together and we eat together and we do stuff together and there's no judgment there. And so for me, that's the most important thing about who my father is in heaven. And here on earth, it's, it's not important. It's um, we are uh, for, for you. I know that's a, it's a, it's a huge deal. I understand that Uh, your dad's a, your dad's a great pastor. He's a great man. Um, All those things for me, it's like, Hey, I'm like, I live for my father in heaven and, you know, I love my family too, but that's the most important thing. So sorry, I'm, I'm rambling about that. No, that's that's definitely where I am. I didn't want people to know my dad was a pastor. Oh, just can I already share that on the oh, show. Oh, you already embarrassed, man? Oh, oh my no. goodness. So let's go back to the, <laughs> in the words of Nacho, let's get down to the nitty gritty. All right. So uh, the reason I, I wanted to hear your story is because you've come a long way. You started with blogging. You started sharing your story or at least capturing beautiful, decorative, culinary, artistic things, which always throws me off when I go to a fancy restaurant and you pay <laughs> twice as much for Almost one fourth of a meal, but anyway, and it looks pretty. But I'm like, I want to scarf this down. So, uh, tell me, when exactly did you? I mean, go, doing blogging is one thing, but when did you like see YouTube as a hey, this is something else that I could do? See, YouTube came to me a little bit later, and my YouTube channel is not huge by any means, but I came to it after my Instagram took off a little bit mm. more and I don't yeah, have let's a, start with Instagram. Let's start I, don't with Instagram. Have a, I don't have a giant Instagram, you know, I'm almost at 6,000 followers right now. Um, but it's not, it's not a ton. You know, I have friends that have 13, 14, 15,000 people, but for me, um, specializing in the barbecue area, especially just Texas barbecue, um, I wanted to get into that. And so, a few years ago, I actually got into taking pictures of, of the places that I'd go to on barbecue. And I thought, hey, I'm already here. Why don't I just start taking videos of what I'm doing? And then I started, I downloaded some software to my phone and started making some stuff. And uh, back in January of 2019 was when the YouTube bug kind of hit me a little bit. And I didn't take it really that seriously at first. I went on a, um, a barbecue crawl in mm. Austin. And so I did a lot of the standard places. The very first place I went to was Franklin Barbecue in Austin. Stood in line for about an hour Classic, and a half. You got to do Franklin Barbecue. Yeah, you got you got to do that. You got to go figure that out. And then the next day, I got up about 530 in the morning and drove in from the small town where I was staying. I rented a cabin drove um, into what is known as Manchaca on the uh, south side of Austin and went to Valentina's. And what I ran into there and what really hit me there was how closely a lot of what he was doing matched my childhood because he's in Austin smoking with mesquite. And so it struck me. I was like, this is a familiar smell. 
And then when I finally tasted the food, it was familiar. And here's the thing. I'm there at six in the morning because I know they open like 730 or eight. So I'm thinking there's going to be this huge line and it's just the way it is. So I get there and he's out working and he sees me and he asks me, hey, so what's going on or whatever. And, you know, he just brings me out uh, a chorizo and egg taco. They make their own chorizo there on the spot. So he brings me breakfast. Mm. And we talk about things. And after I had eaten the food and I had sat there for a while, I just remembered, you know, so many times and, and it just struck me, wow, you know, it's very uh, familial, just the way that it's done. And then um, remembering all of the stuff from our parties from when we were kids and eating that meat that was cooked over a mesquite fire and things like that. And so he has a taco down there called the Real Deal Holy Field. If you ever get a chance to taste it, it's out of this world. Amazing. Uh, you can have it with brisket, I think, or pork, uh, beans, and it has hot sauce on it. And it's got some cheese and it's got all this stuff on it. It's beautiful. It's on my Instagram page. But after that, I went to a few more. So I went to some of the new school barbecue places and then I took it back old school and I went to some joints down in Lockhart and Luling, uh, Kreitz barbecue, and then in Luling, the city market. And so I saw places that had been doing stuff a certain way for a very long time. It's not the new school stuff. It's the old school stuff Mm. where they would cook in these gigantic brick pits and uh, they'd have these big logs there. And then after that, I went to some places. I went to one place in Gonzales called uh, Baker Boys. Baker Boys, uh, they were actually a competition team. So I was getting a taste at that very uh, few days that I had down there, three or four days of uh, new school barbecue, what they call Texas craft nowadays. Then I got Tex-Mex barbecue at Valentina's. Then I got the old school stuff at Kreitz and also at um, in Luling at City Market. Then the next day, uh, or maybe it was the same day that I went to Luling. I can't remember. It all runs together because I was eating a lot of barbecue. <laughs> so at Luling, you know, we got I got some amazing ribs and sauce and stuff like that. And then at Gonzales with the uh, folks there that were doing the competition stuff that they brought to the forefront. And so a lot of this stems uh, from the fact that I picked up a Texas Monthly years ago. And I saw this list of barbecue places to go and uh, the top 50. And it's something that always comes out and you see that. And so it's inspiring. Now, I do have to admit, and let's keep this a secret. I don't want anybody else outside of the show to hear this. But (laughs) I had an ulterior motive to go into these places. I'm doing market research because eventually I want to open up my own spot. I want to have my own barbecue joint. I want to do my own thing. And so market research to kind of see, and uh, I even set up something and I figured out, hey, how does someone become a top 50 barbecue joint in Texas monthly? I found some common denominators. I ran my own little algorithm that I designed to figure out what's the story behind these places and why is it that they are in the top 50, whereas other places aren't. And uh, I figured out some stuff. I, I was like, hey, that makes a lot of sense. got to so, give some love to this guy real quick. Yeah. Mr. Cast Iron, love you, brother. Thank you, Mike, for showing up. Appreciate you. I actually got to watch your first interview with him Yeah, many, many moons ago. And I'm yeah. like, I need 
I need Mac on my show. <laughs> but anyway, didn't want to. But I want to acknowledge that Mr. Cast Iron was here because he oh, was one awesome. of the first persons who, uh, who who gave you a chance to start. He did. He, he did uh, do that for me. So I'm very thankful for him. And uh, he's an amazing guy. And he's a brother. He's a blessed. He's a blessed guy, man. And I, I, I love him to death because he uh, he gave me an opportunity to talk to people about something that I love. And, uh, you know, my body can can tell you that um, a lot of people <laughs> that come on here talk about the physical and all of that. And I have a barbecue body like there's a chart that's on Instagram that says, that you are a pit master if you have this shape of body. And I have that shape. I have that shape. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I have that shape. So I'm supposed to be a really good pit master, but uh, I don't consider myself as such. But at any rate, you know, those places that I had gone to that year, I even stopped by a place in uh, Smithville called Zimmer Hansel's. I had had so much barbecue that I went in there and I told the lady, I said, ma'am, I just need one slice of brisket. I just want to taste it just one. She's like, is that it? She goes, just give him a slice of brisket. <laughs> I said, I, I, I left him a nice tip because I was willing to pay for everything. And that's yeah. what I always tell people when I go out, I'm willing to pay, but that's kind of where, uh, the YouTube thing started. Um, I kind of, after that crawl, I kind of stepped back a little bit, but then a few months later I was like, Hey, I can do this regularly. I can go out on weekends and I can go see what people are doing out there in the barbecue world. And since that time, my vision has in you know evolved even more into that. I like doing the YouTube thing, but uh, yeah, definitely, I'm I'm always looking for great barbecue joints. And the small town Texas barbecue comes from the fact that you know there's so many great places out there that are in these big cities. But I also like to go to find places that are actually in these small towns that people don't know about, you know, people, you know, to kind of shine some light on them because, uh, you know, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that people are losing their livelihoods Mm. and it's been difficult to make it through. Um, There are some places right now that I know about that even before COVID, some of them were in the top 50 at one point. I won't say any names, but uh, they're not just out of the top 50. They're just out of business. And yeah. it's a sad thing because sometimes success can bring stuff out of you or bring stuff to you that you're not prepared for. And when you're not prepared for that, sometimes it's a stumbling block. So you have to be very careful. Um, at any rate, that's kind of where I am with with my YouTube stuff. And um, I can tell you more about about how like the Instagram was like a springboard for that. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned in, when you, you know, we talked about some of the questions about Gary V and I, so I want to tell you a little bit about Gary V if that's okay. Let's do it. Um, So you did work for me. Well, yeah, well I, I can go right into that because to be honest, I was sitting in a restaurant, um, a while back, and uh, I believe it was January of 2020. Um, so it was a year after I'd started my YouTube channel, and my YouTube channel really wasn't going too far, but I had been focusing a lot on my Instagram. One of the things that I learned from Gary V, and this is something that he puts out there, he says, encourage others, love others, be kind. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. I have actually. He's gotten me turned on on a thing called NFP, NFTs. NFTs, okay. 
And uh, I've I actually had a meal. Well, uh, two weeks ago, I had a, a financial guy on here who just we talked about investments. And then on the chat, I had a, a gentleman who has been talking to me about crypto and other kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a lunch meal with someone who uh, was teaching me about um, NFTs and other things. I'm like, you know what? Let me bring you two guys together because I just I'm learning <laughs> it as an artist. I could see and in, in, in the way. Uh, Gary V talks about it, how it's here to stay, how it's a way to to provide business with with crypto. And I'm like, I, I want to learn more about it. So when it does happen, I'm ready. But go on back to hey, I, I want to learn more about it, too. Now, I'm glad you said something because I'm always interested in things like that. But Gary V, um, aside from his demeanor when he speaks and stuff like that, I sift all that out. Um, a lot of people won't listen to certain people because of the way that they come across or the way that they speak, where they're dropping F-bombs or things like that. Um, as a Christian, uh, we live in this world. We're not of this world necessarily, but the thing is, is that we have to remember that this world being in the state that it's in, you're going to hear some things and see some things that aren't there. Take the good that you can get from every single person that you can get it from. Sift through the things that are holding you back and grab a hold of the message, not the delivery of the message. Because you and I both know, we've seen thousands of preachers probably preach and teach you know god's word sometimes it came across as something that i would receive well and other times i had to take it and i didn't like it but i had to sift through for the stuff that i i could grab a hold of and any speaker you know what that you're listening to that's the way it is but gary basically said one day um encourage people engage those were his words, encourage and engage. So mm-hmm. on Instagram, what I did was I made it a, a my goal to engage with people on a regular basis. Uh, and what I mean by a regular basis is daily. I would sometimes engage with, uh, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 people. And what I mean by that is through commenting, liking, mm-hmm. sending them a private message. Another thing that has really helped me with Instagram is the barbecue sticker swap. And I'm going to send you some stickers as soon as I have your address. But um, you make some Hey Rocks. Exactly. You need to. Um, and I can send you a link so that you can get a discount on getting those stickers made as well. So hit me up for that and I'll send you something as a referral and you can get that done. Um, I do also have uh, resources to make logos as well. Um, my daughter is doing that. I have to give a shout out to her because number one, one of my friends from Instagram He just got some stuff done. And, you know, it's amazing when you see your kids succeed. I got a message from him telling me how great the work that she did was. But at any rate, um, you know, I, I engaged. And so my Instagram started to grow exponentially from where it was. So at, at one point, I remember being at like 900 people. Okay. Now, you and I probably know 900 people uh we know people from class or we know people from uh work or places that we've had careers or whatever else so that's just a little but here's the thing when you engage with people and you build them up and what i'm talking about is being genuine okay Mm -hmm. if you don't like something don't lie and say you like it i mean that's not the thing that's not where i am 
if I see something that someone is doing on their Instagram that I really enjoy, I make it a point to tell them. I'll even send them a private message and say, hey, love what you're showing there. Um, a lot of times what I've done as far as engaging with a lot of people that uh, I like to go and see is I'll send them a message and say, hey, I would love to come out to meet with you so I can feature um, your stuff on my Instagram and on my YouTube and uh, really like what you're doing. Looks great. Uh, let's talk about that. And the other thing that I always try to tell them uh, from, uh, you know, up front is that, hey, listen, I'm coming out to see you. Don't expect that. Don't expect to give me anything free because that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for a free meal or whatever. But I can tell you so many people out there in the barbecue fam, barbecue family, familia, whatever you want to call it, they won't let you pay. You try and you try. And, <laughs> you know, I have to give a huge shout out to uh, Jay's Barbecue Shack in Abilene. I mean, they're one of the ones that, wow, you know, I went to their spot and I told him, I said, hey, look, you need to let me do something for you. And he's like, y'all are doing something for us. You're here eating, you're promoting our product and things like that. And, uh, you know, I promote stuff that I enjoy. Now, mm. on the other hand, there are times when I've gone to places and I've been there and things did not go the way that I thought they should have gone. Some places I've gone anonymously first just to check them out and scope them and see if I, if I'm going to find something good. <laughs> and on some of those trips, I've been a little bit disappointed with some spots and I was like, okay, I'm not going to badmouth this guy in the public. I'm not going to go out there and say anything because this is their business yeah. and people are, are there. And, you know, some of these places have been in business for 40, 50 years, but because of where they are, um, they get tons of business and it's great that they get business. It's just not something that I'm going to bad mouth or, or do anything like that. So engagement, um, encouragement, um, just being there for them and, you know, swapping those stickers and sharing those things because number one, it gets your name out there. So, Hey, that's an idea for you. Get your sticker out there all over the place, put them up at the McDonald's and the drive through on the window. When people go there, they'll see it. You know, I haven't done that yet, by the way, but I'm thinking about it. But uh, at the same time, those are, those are ideas, you know, swapping those things out with people and just encouraging people, with the things that they're doing and it's going, it's going to reap benefits. And it goes back to some verses in the Bible that talk about thinking of others as better than yourself, you know, encouraging those people because we are always supposed to think of others as better than ourselves. And we all have confidence. You have confidence. You exude that. I have some confidence in some things that I do. Um, I've known you since you were a young man, and I've always seen that, that you're one of those people that exudes that confidence and you're very uh, sure of yourself and you you know, you know what you're doing and you're moving forward with things. So for me, uh, that's important. But, uh, you know, encourage, love, just treat them, treat them with respect and uh, show them some love. Um, you know, I've posted some stuff to stories before and, uh, you know those kind of things really, really work. And Gary V talks about that. And, and that's the, that's the encouragement. So to put that into, you know, as far as equating everything and saying what happened. So yeah. I was at 9,000 or at nine, not 9,000, 900. And I was sitting with my nephew and I said, every couple of months I would sit with him in a restaurant. And I said, mijo, look, I did what Gary V told me, look at my following. And he'd be like, okay, tío, 
And he was always like rolling his eyes at me and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then I show him again and he I was like, hey, Mijo, look, I got 2,500 followers now. What do you think? He's like, meh, no big deal. So at the end of it all, I'm sitting here getting close to 6,000 through engagement not from these bots that come on and offer you all those followers and those scam artists, they drive me nuts because I'm like, I'm not interested in getting fake followers to make me look good. Okay. I've blocked a ton of people who will come on and just straight up say, Hey, how's it going? Um, I need money. I'm a 29 year old single girl. I'm looking for love. And I said, well, you're looking in the wrong place, sister. Okay. (laughs) Because yeah, exactly. You're looking in the wrong places because that's not what I'm here for. So if you engage and you're, we're doing the things that, that we need to do, then we're going to be fine. But uh, at any rate, uh, always, as always a pretty long winded answer to a short question. No, I'm actually looking at your Instagram right now, because uh, no, that that is so true. Because the things that I see about him, uh, or, or with Gary V, is is he talks about how you you just got to be uh, approachable with everyone, and yes. he, he you do the work, and to him the work was answering Twitter, make sure he replied to everything that came in, and like that's that's tough. You got to actually make time for that. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I applaud you for actually being able to 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 do that. Uh, I, I there's another person who I read her book. Amanda mm, can't remember her last name right now, but she wrote a book called The Art of Asking, uh-huh. and she was an artist and she did a lot through Twitter. And she goes, there was a time where Twitter became like a full time job for her, uh-huh. but it helped open up opportunities for for her band whenever they were just kind of traveling getting to know people and 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 even to the point where they did their own um crowd funding whatever it's yeah. called all right yeah. so i'm pulling up your, your instagram right now yeah and, and uh so like just look at the numbers look at that buddy getting close and like i said it's not huge or anything but um it's it's what i love to do you know love to share some of that stuff and this is that picture is actually of a local place here in san angelo that i like to go eat at smokehouse they don't even have an instagram that i know of but uh some of these pictures are pictures of stuff that i make and so uh, i practice a, a few techniques to try to get things straight and I'm by no means an expert on any of this stuff, but I try really hard and uh, I love sharing this stuff. So you'll see some stuff there that's like uh, throwback uh, Thursdays. And that's one of the cups that my daughter made. And so <laughs> she can make some logos for you too. Nice stuff. But uh, there's a lot of stuff there, like some of the places that I've been and stopped at and uh, places up in the north and this was a place i'd gone to at the blackland smokehouse in in snyder texas and old school <laughs> uh small town texas barbecue and some of those gray pictures I was like, uh, what do you use do you just use your phone i use my phone and then if yeah. i have to use a filter for gray then i'll use a filter for gray but that gentleman is pody from Pody's Barbecue, and I remember I was talking to him about my dreams about opening up my own spot. And this is the thing about barbecue people, man. They will take care of you, and he took care of me the day that I was there. But in addition to that, he told me, man, when you open up your spot, you let me know. We will be there for you. Mm. And uh, he's a top 50 guy out there in Pecos, Texas. You know where Pecos is. I do. Not not far off. From, I, didn't you know, know, I, we, I didn't know they were known for their barbecue. I thought they were oh, known yeah, for their yeah. cantaloupes. 
top top fifty um, barbecue place in um, in Pecos, and I've got a video of of him that has. It was actually the first video that I ever had uh, that I had done that got for a thousand views was his video. In fact, out of Pecos, Texas, and uh, it really took off. One of the things that he did, and see, he's practicing what Gary V is talking about was encouragement and what he did was he shared that video with his family and friends and it went out everywhere and uh you know it doesn't have a million views but it's got well over a thousand and i've got a, a couple of other ones that are going that way too so youtube is still very low com- compared to my instagram mm-hmm. but those are things that that i'm working on and uh of course working on my working on my meats all the time. So, you know, if you're ever in, in San Angelo, just make sure you give me some uh, ahead of time because barbecue is a slow process. Hmm. If you're sticking it in the microwave, you're doing it wrong. Okay. If you're boiling those ribs, you're doing it wrong. Sorry. I, I don't mean to step on toes, but you gotta do it low <laughs> and slow and get it straight. So. All right. So I'm going to change the, the pace that we're going here all right, with, cool. with another, another, um, comment he said he said man COVID changed my lifestyle too Big so time. that helped that that happens to everyone and and as you already know i have i'm working on launching my business actually it's, it's almost it's pretty good and what i've been working with is basically i help um i help midlife professionals change whenever their life plans uh-huh. suddenly stop working or just yeah. don't bring happiness kind of situation and so I'm finding a lot more clients because of what happened with this past year and everything. Yes. People who had had to change things. I'm just curious. Besides the barbecue, because at this point, I'm, I'm assuming, and this, well, I mean, I've you've always been a foodie. You've always done that, but you weren't so hardcore. Did did this the 2020 kind of help open up a way for you to to engage more in this passion, it, or you know, feel free to add in. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Well, um. COVID kind of hurt what I was trying to do, to be honest with you, because I was trying, what I was okay. trying to do at that point, we're last March when all this hit, we were actually in Austin and I was, I had gone to like three different barbecue places. Uh, I took my family to, uh, we did go to Valentina's again. I, that's the only place I've been to like uh, uh, numerous times uh, <laughs> when I'm down in that area because they have breakfast tacos and then they have lunch and they have dinner and they have all that stuff. So aside from that, I went to a place called Micklewaite and then we took off to Lockhart and we went to uh, Black's Barbecue. That's another one of my videos that has gone way up. And, um, so we went to a few of those spots and right in the middle of that, you know, everything changed because they started telling people, Hey, you got to hunker down, stay out of the public. The kids are going to stay home from school. The longest spring break my kids have ever had, you know, my son, uh, Jonah, he was, uh, he's our last one about to graduate next week, but, uh, that's the thing my wife was at home doing zoom meetings. Um, at, after that, I was actually selling, um, air conditioning at that time as my regular daytime job. And a couple of months after that, I, uh, ended up having uh, pulmonary embolism and I was in the hospital. And so the doctor told me straight out, you cannot get COVID. 
you cannot because you will die. That's basically what he said to me. Stad, you know, was there in my room. I had two or three or four doctors. Um, I had a heart doctor. I had, um, I had a lung doctor. I had a few other doctors and basically they said, you cannot get COVID because it, you're just not going to make it. Your body's not strong enough. So that basically put a halt to some of the things that I was trying to do because I couldn't go out in the public. In fact, so many places were just like, Hey, we're only curbside. So they're just going to give you to go. So a to go plate is not going to look like a platter of barbecue. So if you are on my YouTube or you're on my Instagram and you look at the platters, you see that you have to be in person for that. You have to have a dining area where you can sit down and look at those things. I can come out and rearrange what they did out of a, uh, out of a a box, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and put it on a platter and make it look good. But that's not how it's being served there. So it definitely changed everything for me because it slowed down my process. Um, my my goal every year is to try to go to two to three places a month. And when that happened, um, I mean, it was almost like a death knell because it's like there's just a stab go right into you and you're like, what do I do? Well, another thing is that, you know, I was making money selling uh, AC. And then in March, when all this happened, uh, another thing that happened was all of my appointments went way back. People don't want you in their house because they don't want COVID. People don't want you. So sales start curtailing. Everything's falling back. So the money coming in is not there. Barbecue is an expensive habit. Okay. You can go eat some Mexican food. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about street tacos because street tacos are outlandish as far as the pricing is concerned nowadays. True. But you can go eat a Mexican plate at some places for like eight or nine bucks. Okay. And that's not bad. Barbecue, um, like for a plate for me and a drink, um, like if I get a three meat plate, some in some cases, some of those three meat plates are $15.99 plus the drink. So we're talking about $20, uh, 21 22 23 um, if you get a beef rib, the beef rib by itself is going to cost 28 bucks. Mm. So without that money coming in due to COVID, <laughs> that kind of put, you know, that, that kind of slammed it down for a little bit. And so after I started getting better, um, I went back to work after the hospital and then I got laid off last August. Mm. And so we're trying to get things done. And, uh, we've been a few places here and there. In fact, I had gone to Jay's barbecue in Abilene. And two days or three days later, I'm back at work and I was laid off. And so that's the thing is that COVID really, really messed stuff up for me. Now, the thing that it also caused me to do was to pivot a little bit and to do more cooks and to do Mm. more kind of demonstration videos of me cooking at home. And so that's another thing that's kind of come out of this. I just wanted it to be out at the barbecue joints. I didn't necessarily want to be showcasing my, uh, fairly mediocre barbecue, um, on a channel, you know? So, uh, that's the thing with me is that I, uh, I enjoy cooking and stuff like that, but to be honest, I love promoting what people are doing out there and I love being out there with them. And there's so many people, um, I can remember just the hospitality of so many places that you can go and, uh, and it's amazing. So yeah, COVID has definitely, uh, messed up what I was trying to do, but also caused me to rethink my strategy. 
that's that's good that's that's actually what you should be doing so uh, <laughs> yeah no no that's growth that's that's inspiring because in the end i always like to promote and this is what i promote with my my the people i'm coaching is well let's let's check your mindset first let's 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 fix that because if you're stuck right now with what's presently in front of you you can't see tomorrow because you're just gonna see right now. So one of the first things I always impl- implement is, all right, let's 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 start with making a plan. First of all, let's stop and think like, what other things can you do, are capable of doing, would like to do, and just start dreaming, dreaming, and then we'll start bringing things down to reality. And now, what what tangible steps can we start taking towards this goal? But the deal is, the reason I want them to have a goal is because, you know, we sometimes need to hunker down and do the suck right now. We got to yeah. do the, yeah. the the job that we don't really enjoy. Although right now, I thank God that after I lost uh, TPAC, which was a fun job, but you know, and the funny thing is that everyone's always asking me if if once they reopen, are you going to go back? And I'm like, honestly, I I wasn't planning to go back because I, I even though it was a great job, fun job, that's not where I wanted to make my life. And I'd already set my mind I was only going to work there about five years, but hopefully by then I was going to find something different or finally launched my speaking business that kept putting off putting off putting off but um I, whenever i lost it and now they're getting back I, I, the job that i have now although they don't pay nearly as much as as i was with with t-pack it allows me the flexibility it, it pays me enough to cover all my bills and, and then some but it allows me also the flexibility so i can start putting into this show putting into uh my my business and building that so i'm but that's my dream that's where i'm going so i can do this temporary thing i can i can i can work hard i know how to work i just don't want to work if i don't have a end result in mind and that's where we need to move so let's talk about mindset if you don't mind okay Uh, in the questionnaire one of the questions that i asked you was uh, what is a, a challenge that that has come up to you? And, and it's it, I liked your answer, but you had to, you had to deal with certain type of people. Yeah, um, and I'm still dealing with them to this day. <laughs> it's it's difficult sometimes because people don't understand what you're trying to do or why you're doing certain things. And I do this right now. This is all. Uh, you know, except for the generosity of the barbecue family out there, uh, the majority of that, I'm talking about gas and, um, you know, accommodations and other things of that nature. I have to pay for all that stuff myself. Actually, well, let's be honest. My wife pays for everything because she's always working. So I'll just be honest and give her the shout out that she deserves because she works hard and she takes care of me and she lets me delve into the things that I like to like this barbecue. She can't always go with me. I love her to go with me because then I can take her to Michael's and Joanna or Joanne, whatever it's called, or uh, Hobby Lobby or things like that at the same time. Uh, my thing is that there are naysayers that are always going to come and they're going to look at you and they're not going to understand what you're doing. They're going to say, that's dumb. They're going to say, why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. You know, what's the point of your whole thing? You're not even making any money off of this. Okay, listen, I do things because I enjoy doing them. Okay. I'm on this show because I enjoy spending time with you. It's one of my favorite things to do online, you know? So that's the thing. I'm going to do things because I enjoy them. Um, It's not always about the money because in the end, you know, like I was telling you before the show, it's funny because 
people are talking about, well, you're not getting paid or you're not getting this or you're not getting that. But then it just so happens that, you know, recently I've started having companies saying, hey, we'd like you to test this product. We're going to give you so-and-so amount of money or we're going to give you this amount of product or we're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you or we're going to help you. So they they want me to test things out. So it's not money necessarily, but it's goods and stuff like that. And so a lot of times uh, you have that stuff and it's going on. But even if I didn't get that stuff, I would still do what I'm doing because it makes me happy. It makes me glad. And the naysayers, no matter what you do, you will never please every single person. You were raised in church, and I guarantee you, you heard people complain about your daddy or your mama or your deal or your brother or your sister or whatever. Somebody's always going to say stuff. And that's the thing you have to remember. As long Let as it go over about me <laughs> or go back. I know they never complained about you because, like, you were the <laughs> awesome one there. Uh, no disrespect to Miss to Miss Abigail or Josue or anything like that, but uh, you know uh, that's the thing. Everybody, everybody there loved you. Aren't you the baby of your family? I'm the baby. See, oh, that's what it was. I mean, they always loved the baby the most. They're like, you know, the last one, there he is. And so they they always love that one. So for me, just remember that the naysayers don't have the final say Mm. because he does. Mm. And God gives me the desires of my heart and he lets me do things. And he's allowed me to be on this earth to do things that I enjoy doing. And so I'm grateful for that. And if other people don't understand it or like it or whatever, it's of no consequence to me because I'm going to keep doing what I like to do because it makes my spirit sore. It makes me happy and it makes my belly full. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that is so true. No, I totally agree with you. Um, When people ask, you know, I have this live stream that I started during the pandemic because it was just a way for me to communicate my stories, a way for me to share, start sharing my stories. Uh, Although the job is paying the bills and I'm also now doing marketing for them, which is a skill that I have that I've had that I've been wanting to practice more. And so that's doing well. And then the the business I'm launching off with the keynote speaking and such, that's going to be very lucrative. But this people are like, so are you going to start monetizing? And you try this like it'd be cool if I made money out of it, but it's not the end goal for me. I I truly enjoy putting on a show. I I mean, even at my church, I'm a director for the for the online broadcasting. And basically, I'm I'm directing eight different cameras and, and and capturing whatever the church is doing. And like I shared with you earlier, my job when I get there is uh I try to see what God is doing so that the people and capture as best I can so the people at home can experience what we're experiencing there live. And so I go in with that heart, that spirit, and I do it for free. Like, I was like, I've earned some some great skills and I just I enjoy it because it's it's a way for me to to just it's an outlet for me to to minister, but also an outlet for me to be creative. This is the same thing. But not only that, and also there is a catch 22. I like bringing in people with a story to tell. I like pulling out the value. Um, I actually came up with little quotes and sayings that I put on my phone. And today as I was driving, I'm like, you know what? People are always asking me for advice, but I don't give advice. I give value. Mm-hmm. That's what I give. And so and I can I can give that because I 
I stand on the shoulders of giants. I hang out with great people. I listen to their stories and, and pull things like even things you pull from Gary V and, yeah. and from your own experiences. I'm like, I've already like taken some notes. I'm like, ooh, this is good. You're basically dropping, I'm going to start calling it Rockstar Gold. You're, you're dropping Rockstar <laughs> Gold, my man. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and everyone has some great stuff that they, they, they bring to the table. They just need someone like me to pull it out from them, to draw it out from you guys. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, but you gave me permission at the beginning of the show to say anything, talk about yes, anything. anything. When I first was implementing bringing in guests, you were one of the first people I had in mind, uh, even before uh, Will Baird. Uh, but that was. But then I went to his pizza place in Michigan. I was like, yes, I got to get my show. But <laughs> I remember talking to you, and you were at a place where you had just lost a job, and you're not where you're at right now. And you were kind of in a dark place. Not 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 too dark, but you were yeah. kind of just maybe wallowing in self pity. And we've all been there. I was oh, there yeah. too. Yeah. And you said something. You said, "I don't know if I have a story." that's worth telling. I don't know if I have a story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, everyone has a story to tell. You just, yeah. you just can't see it yet, but uh, I'm so grateful that you are. And, and you know, even now it's not the end. We got so much more to tell in the story. Oh yeah. As long as we're breathing, we have another page to write. As long as we, we we're still conscious and we can think we have another um, chapter to add to this. Absolutely. Of our lives. Whew. Oh man, that's 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 some more rock star goal right there. Oh, All right, yeah. Mac, we are gonna we are running out of time. Well, not really running out of time. I I can stream up to four hours. Actually, I think <laughs> I, I pay for the premium, so I think I can go up to eight hours. But I don't think people want to stick around that long. I hear people do streams like that that long. Maybe on Twitch we'll go back and do that. Uh, but let's go with the main questions that I love to ask everyone. Okay. Uh, and and it's irrelevant to everything. So you kind of already touched bases on this one. But the, or the second one. So, but the first question I like to ask all my guests is: What disciplines or practices have become canon in your day to day? One of the things that uh, I believe I mentioned was the fact that we listen to the Bible every morning, uh, my wife and I. And uh, really, and it's important to start your day out like that. I think um, God gives some great uh, stuff in His Word that that gives some encouragement. Uh, sometimes a giant gets killed uh, and sometimes you're out there soaring and you find all these things in the Bible. Um, one of the things that I've also disciplined myself to do is to uh, check for comments on my YouTube because I've got to engage. So I'm disciplined to engage. Um, I've also disciplined myself to, uh, well, I can't say it's 100% of the time, but I will tell you that 95% of the time I do get up and make my wife's coffee. And the fact is, is that disciplining yourself when you're in a relationship uh, with a spouse is important too, because when you give love and do little things for that spouse and they do things for you, it helps your marriage to, to last. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. My marriage hasn't been perfect. I've had a lot of mistakes. I've been an idiot, you know, in some of it. And uh, the fact is, is that I'm married to a woman that's a saint, uh, you know, a real saint, not like me, but uh, she's definitely that way. And because of the discipline of her loving God and going through all that, I mean, we've been almost married 26 years. And so for me, those, yeah, see Sapodway, brother. But yeah, see, uh, <laughs> she uh, definitely uh, 
she definitely helps with all that because it is a discipline to uh, go through those things. So those are some of the things that I do in that I'm trying to be disciplined to get in that social media stuff that I do to encourage and to engage on a daily basis. Um, and like I said, in the morning, that encouragement that I get from his word and then serving another person, you know, if you're married, obviously I know you're not married, but she's somewhere coming for you, brother. I know. But the fact is, is that for me, I take care of my wife because Bible tells me that I need to, and she loves my food, man. She'll eat it all day. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> but those are some things that I do. And I, I have to have some discipline too with my cooking because I, I'm learning and yeah. I'm constantly learning and growing. And so a lot of stuff, you know, I've got to get out there and, and cook and, and do those things. Now, I was going to tell you a little bit about my exercise situation because okay. when I went in the hospital, the doctor said, you're okay to walk a little bit, but you cannot do rough exercise. You shouldn't be running because of the clots that I had in mm. my, in, you know, in my chest, he just told me to be very careful. So I'm teetering somewhere, you know, I'm trying to lose weight, but I'm also trying not to kill myself. Mm. So he did tell me that the clots had come out. And so I do have follow-up appointments and hopefully when they uh, get back with me, they can tell me some things about, Hey, you know, you're safe to go ahead and try to jog. Not that I really want to jog, but the, but, but to be honest, it's something that I need and something that I need to exercise. I used to walk 20,000 steps a day and now uh, that has come way down. So that's an area of my life that I can grow in, my friend. Well, I have walked 5,000 miles. <laughs> yes, exactly. I walk 500 more. No, uh, hey, I suggest cycling, bro. That's uh, honestly because I hated running. I hated running back in college <laughs> when I played uh, college ball. And so when I messed up an ACL and MCL, that was like a blessing in disguise because I no longer had to run. Well, I mean, I, I still kind of ran because I was training for a triathlon before I went off to do mission work. And so, I, I, I mean, I got I had the cycling down and I had the swimming down. It's just the running. So I finally got to the point where I could just do the treadmill and get that over with. But after that, I'm like, I never ran again uh, just for the sake of running. But cycling is something I still kept doing it and I enjoyed it. It's low impact. And it's just something, too, especially outdoors. I mean, you can always do a, like a Peloton or like a, a oh, something yeah. in, it's, or like a, a something indoors, like whatever it's called. What's it called? Spinning? 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 Yeah, spinning. Which is it's intense. I will tell you when I did spin classes, it made me a better cyclist. <laughs> but it, I mean, I just enjoyed being out there and just being in checking out the the the, the air, the, the 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 scenery and such. But otherwise, anyway. Um, but that's that's what I would suggest for aerobic. But yeah, now here, I've just been doing a lot of body weights and but uh -huh. but like instead of regular pushups, I've been doing like decline pushups where I have my feet on like a chair or something and been pushing wow. that. that's been helping me strengthen up i have some kettlebells that i just kind of work on my shoulders and such and do basic squats i just, my whole goal though is i'm not trying to get like beefcake i just want to be fit enough strong enough to get up and do life yeah uh, that's one thing i've added on one of my videos that one my, my fitness goals 
have changed. Uh, uh, it's very simple. I just want to be able to be confident and comfortable in whatever I'm wearing. I want to be able to be fit enough to just get up and do life. Like if my niece and nephew want to wrestle or uh-huh. go walk somewhere, I can come or I can sprint quickly. I'm okay. <laughs> Nothing's going to pop because I've been, I'm moving every day. I'm, I make sure every day I do a little bit to stay fit. And, uh, and, and, and also I want to be able to eat without feeling a guilt. So yes. those, those three things that I have, like that's what that, those three, three things motivate me to be physically fit early. Although I wake up at five in the morning, I do the suck because I have a, a goal. Those three goals. Uh-huh. I want to be comfortable, whatever I'm wearing. I want to be able to be fit enough to do life. And I want to be able to eat anything without guilt. So I, because of that, I'll get up at five in the morning to do the suck. I will do my yeah. workout, do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it, it's, it's little disciplines that I've. You're inspiring me with that, man. You're really inspiring <laughs> me because that's something that, that I need to look at. You know, you try to be, uh, disciplined in all areas. One of the things that, that I've learned and I've read this in so many books, uh, the power of habit. I don't know if you've read that before. Um, I just downloaded atomic habits. Is that okay. the same one or is that a different? It's one? a different one. Okay. Uh, but the power of habit is one that I read and, uh, I've read so many other books, but that one really drove it home for me. And one of the things that he says is that in the end, it's not about your talent. It's about the discipline you know, when you discipline yourself, that's what I pulled from it. Now mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not, I'm not quoting him directly. I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. That's what I pulled from it. Be being disciplined. It's not about your talent. It's about your discipline yeah. because there's a lot of people who are so, so talented, but because they're not disciplined, <laughs> they don't move forward and, and make it. And that's the thing. I, when I tell somebody that they need to be disciplined, if I'm saying that right here, right now on your show, guess what? I have to apply that to myself that's because like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so like for this. me, I like it. You know, I've, I've got to, I've got to do that for myself. And I think it's something that, um, in today's, uh, male population, uh, there's so many people who just, it's like, you don't want to, be disciplined. You just want things to come and to happen for you. In the end, though, if you don't do the work, you're not going to get paid. That's Mm. the way it works. If you don't do the work, you're not going to get paid. And so for me, the bottom line is to get up every day, do the work. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to give it to my people at my new job where I'm working. But when I get off, I'm also going to be doing stuff that is benefiting me so that I can be a better person. I can have uh, a better YouTube channel. I constantly watch how to improve. How Mm. do I make my camera setup better? What kind of lighting do I need to do? You know what I'm talking about. What what do I do? So for me, I learn very well from watching videos. I noticed in my training class that I was taking that reading for me doesn't work as well as watching videos and picking stuff up that way or having a few different learning methods for me. And so that's the hard part is that I have to uh, learn in in that manner. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos to learn things. Um, And it could be any number of things. Last, a couple of years ago, I had a vehicle that I was having some problems with so I looked it up on YouTube and then I was able to actually work on my car and fix it myself. I was so proud. I was like, dude, I did this myself. I watched a video. I replaced this stuff. My vehicle works happy. 
That's all I got to say. It just made me so happy that I was able to do that. Yeah, no, totally. That's how I changed the alternator on my pickup truck, watching a video and learning <laughs> yes. how to do it. And when I, and you see, um, well, you know, my, my big brother. Oh, yeah. Um, back in my house, he's more of the mechanic, although he, he's not a hardcore mechanic, but he does more of the maintenance. So he's always been like the mechanic guy in the, in the family or the plumber guy in the family. And I've uh-huh. been more like the artsy, whatever they need help with. But uh but uh, but when I did that, uh, when I when I researched, I found out how to do it. I went back and I did it on myself. And whenever I I, I successfully uh, changed my own um, alternator, you know, change the oil is one thing, but change the alternator. Yeah, of course, it, it helped. Those old pickup truck and pick. You know, to be fair, they're easier to work on back oh, in the yeah. day. But I remember that he was the first person I called. Like, guess what, bro? He's like, what? Like, baby brother is finally a gearhead. I, or, I forgot what I called it. It's yeah. like I changed my old alternator. And yeah. He's like, he's like, congratulations, you are now, <laughs> you're now grown up or something. And I, was, I just felt proud that I. I can just I imagine him saying something like that too. He probably get. He probably made fun of you for a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know how it is, big brother, little brother. I remember him. He's he's a funny guy. I like uh, I like your brother. He's always uh, he's always made me laugh. All right, so talking about earlier, uh, Mac was talking about how we were constantly trying to change and get things better, and we're learning to to do things. This was episode primero. Look how different everything was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> camera even the mic that i had was a usb mic which still works great but this was a gift that my dad gave me from whenever he had his radio station uh and i just i had to learn how to set it up because i bought what's it called i even had to figure out all right how to connect a regular mic that's not a usb mic to with an xlr to my my computer and uh, so I read somewhere that I needed a audio interface. So I bought one. It didn't work. <laughs> and then I found out I needed this little piece for the amplifier. And then, of course, that one, it, it, it to begin with, I paid like 20 bucks for it. So it was a cheap little piece. Uh, I finally just dished out the money, got me something better, more pro to work. And it's, it's it allowed me to do so much more. Because you're uh, ready to go pro. Oh, man. I'm, I'm loving it. Of course, at my <laughs> church, it, that's another thing, too. I, and I kind of lovingly tell people this. Uh, that whenever, because uh, at the church we're always constantly just throwing stuff, and 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 we have some great cameras and great angles. We we even one service we even had someone who creates one of those like like the football like the football um, cameras that kind of go through the cable over the. the oh the, yeah, yeah. Well, the person who designed those, or one person who designed a, a brand like that, brought one, brought it to the church, and they asked me to direct the day that we tried it, and we had another YouTube. Uh, team come in who they interviewed churches how they do media and so they asked me to come in to, to direct the service when mm-hmm. these people were capturing all this stuff and i was having fun just having amazing shots just having fun with it all and then when i go back and i watch like other friends um uh, production of their church services i'm like i, I have to fast for the worship because it's usually just one camera alone and they just get the whole thing and i'm used to like having like a camera person like inside the drum kit just watching yep. people or if someone's like we have a long lens so someone could be just playing the bla- bass from afar we can get a cool angle i'm just I, I, I like capturing as much as i can the intimate moments so i'm like you know what? i just fast forward to the preaching of my 
my friend's services or services so I can I mean the preach is the same just capture it it's all about the word anyway but I just kind of fast forward the worship just because <laughs> I'm used to seeing so much other stuff happening that like I I, I, I don't know I, I'm not judging anything and I'm not saying anything but I, and, and or just saying that ours is better or not I'm just saying that's just what I'm used to now it's what you're used to yeah and that's the thing is that when you're used to a certain way uh, a lot of times you 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 get so used to it that you stick to things the way that you've been doing them. Um, and, you know, I can speak to that because, you know, I've done stuff on offset smokers in my backyard the old mm. school way for a long time. Recently, I bought a, a pellet smoker because I wanted to appeal to more folks. So sometimes you have to adapt things. If you're going to show a cook that people can work with and say, hey, this is how you do it on this type of smoker. This is how you do it on this type of smoker. So equipment and things like that, you know, um, I, you and you and I are both musicians as well. Mm. And so I've That's adapted. I purposely picked saxophone for the intro music. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. And uh, so that's the thing. You, you, when you're playing music, you have to be adaptable. Well, for a while there, I didn't have a saxophone that I could play. Well, I had another brother at the church say, hey, I'd like to give you some money so you can buy an instrument to play. So I bought a Roland um, Aerophone that has like, you know, all these different sounds on it. And I was playing that for a while and it really enjoying that. So for me, uh, the creativity that you are able to have with music feeds over into these other areas um, because you're looking at stuff and, you know, some of the stuff on my uh, Instagram looks really nice. Some of the stuff I've created, mm. some of the stuff it doesn't, but I learn every time I'm like, Hey, I need to do something better with the lighting next time, or I need to find a different color plate, or I need to get a box to put this in so that it looks better. So you, it's something I said today on one of my chats, I'm either going to win today or I'm going to learn. Mm. And that's a quote that I've heard all over the place. I but every it from Gary Vee, actually. Yeah, yeah. He you're either going to win or you're going to learn. And, and so that's something that you have to do is you have to be willing to take some losses to be able to move to the next place. Um, when you were playing football, you didn't win every single game, you know. I mean, <laughs> we I, lost I know, more than we won. Oh, well, if you and, go back and watch our video with Greg Ferguson, <laughs> yeah, I and see, I get that. And I went to Lakeview, man, so Lakeview High School. So mm. you know about the losingest, one of the losingest teams in the history of the world in Texas, right there. I mean, and I hate, I hate to say that because I love my high school, but at the same time, I remember I got into high school and we went to the playoffs the first year, and then after that. We hadn't gone. We didn't go to the playoffs for many years, and then finally we did. But the thing is, is that you know I wasn't a football player. I was in the band. At the same time, um, those things feed over. So your creativity in other areas sparks things that happen for for other things that you're doing, and sometimes yeah. it, it kind of opens your mind to different things, and so it makes you think. And although playing saxophone is not a visual thing. Um, unless you're watching me move around when I'm playing, the thing is, is that uh, a lot of that stuff, when I think about things is that, Hey, we're talking about timing. When you cook, you're talking about temperatures, you're talking about airflow, just like you are playing a saxophone. So those types of things translate in, in some ways. Mm -hmm. 
So you remind me of a question I wanted to ask you at the beginning. Okay. So you when when you're ready to launch your own project that we're sharing with my my audience, thank you for sharing that project that you have your own barbecue place. Uh huh. Have you decided on which style you're gonna go? Are you gonna go traditional? Are you gonna go Tex Mex? Are you gonna go new school? Hmm. You know. Or are you gonna do I Mac think, school? I think what I'm probably gonna do is I'm gonna have a mixture of things. At some point, if will there be tortillas dream, or will they be bread? There will be both. There will be both because what I want to do is I want to give options. Um, we, when we were kids, you know, I don't know how many times I'm. I'm almost certain you did this. Do you like Do you like sausage? Like German sausage? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how many times were you at home or at a party with your familia and you had a a German sausage in a Mexican tortilla. You know, we did that all the time. I love eating that stuff. And so that's one of the things that I would love to do now. Maybe because I couldn't find the buns, but I found the tortilla. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A fresh tortilla with sausage is amazing. I mean, I love that. The other thing too is how about a torta with brisket? How about something like that? Oh my goodness. I just, just a good torta. Yeah. Or see a bris or a torta with, uh, a sausage and brisket on it with some barbecue sauce. And, and also you can add some, uh, some salsa on that with some aguacate también avocado too, for the other people who, uh, if, if you're from, if you're from another uh, state or you're not speaking Spanish, which I'm not a big time Spanish speaker, but I'm going to try to translate what little I know. He knows the important um, words. I, the I food do. Words. It, when it has to be the food words, that's important. <laughs> um, you know, I know some other Spanish words only because of church, like oracion and things like that. But, um, you know, it's it's great because uh, at one time I watched my friend that I'm speaking here with now translate and interpret or, or how I like to call it, interrupt during the <laughs> preaching service. Um, Me too. Because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the interrupter. Uh, Jose was the interrupter. So I always love that. But those are some things that, that you got to think of. And for me, I think that if I ever do or when I do, it's going to be something where it's going to be kind of a fusion. In fact, the other day I talked about possibly, um, and some other places have already done this, but I wanted to do it myself because I want to learn. Uh, they made some um, brisket egg rolls, okay? Mm. So you get your brisket that you've smoked and you chop it and you mince it very small and then you mix it with all those Asian veggies and then you deep fry it, uh, either that or some pork or something like that. So we're talking about the possibility of some fusion cooking. So it's an idea, um, you know, and I'm not against any ideas. Now, I don't know, depending on where this place is um, in the state, is it going to work or not? It works in Houston. I know that. I've seen that it works in Houston. Does it work in other parts of the country? It might not work here in San Angelo, Texas, where I am. And I might not have it here in San Angelo because I'm always scoping out properties. And there's a place a little to the north of here, probably about a good 30 miles. Um, and it fits the formula for mm-hmm. at least part of what could make it a top 50 place on Texas Monthly. It fits that demographic type of thing it fits the the space the area things of that nature and so that's that's how i'm evaluating would, it would that overcook the brisket if it's ever been cooked before you stick in the it, egg roll and you kind of fry it typically when you make an egg roll at least when i've seen it okay yeah. you uh you pre-cook your meat anyway yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So then you put it in there. So veggies don't take long to cook, and the egg wrapper roll doesn't take a long time either. So three minutes or four minutes in a in a deep fryer, yeah. it's just gonna make it more tender. To be okay, honest, no, well, no, because now I'm I'm thinking beyond like fusing you with like my other buddy because we talked about bringing <laughs> a franchise of Ventraferos pizza joint here. Like, would brisket work on a pizza? It's been done. Yeah, but it, I mean, but what would you make it different? Would it be a different kind of cheese? Would it be? To me, I definitely would probably go with some more uh, Tex-Mex style cheeses, you know, maybe like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times Monterey Jack is used. Um, there are some other Mexican cheeses. One of the things this that I. podcast going somewhere totally different now. Y'all. Right, right. Doesn't it? So there's other <laughs> there's other places we could talk about recipes. But the thing is, for me, another thing that I love is Mexican street corn. But I like to have it Ooh. in a cup. So I like to use the cotija. That's another thing that you can put on a taco. But imagine this. Have a pizza where you have that brisket. And maybe you're using like a, a salsa as the sauce, like a mm. like a sal, you know, salsa picante, something like that, yeah. um, on there, along with maybe some pico de gallo, and then some cotija over the top of that. So basically, you're making <laughs> your pizza into a tortilla, and it's coming out like that. So if you make it like that, and you make it. You make the pizza bien tostadita. You know, you toast it up like one of those tortillas like you put on the burner. You know what I'm saying? Me entiendes? You got that. But you put it on there and you cook it up and you make it crispy. And then you have that brisket with all of that, those other ingredients that would normally go in a taco. Man, you're you're hitting. You're hitting right there. Well, you heard it here, folks. If you see it on, you you first heard it on Hey Rockstar. Thanks to (laughs) Mac from uh, Small Town Texas Barbecue. Okay, uh, this is officially my longest show now, uh, but that's okay. Uh, it's some good <laughs> my stuff. My apologies. No, 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 no. It's just uh, like uh, I think with uh, Brian, we went 120, and with uh, um, John, Jono, we did 125. Right now we're just at 127. But also, <laughs> remember, I did like 10 mus- minutes of music ahead of time. So we're good. Uh, okay. Second question that I usually ask everyone, okay. you know, what bit of advice or what little little step would you recommend that my audience can start taking to practice that'll help them become a, the rock star of tomorrow? One of the things that I would like to encourage people to do is to be kind to others and to love other people, regardless of where they're from, regardless of the kind of money they make, regardless of any of those things, they need to love people and, and be kind. And, you know, you'll be surprised. Um, I used to work in the car business and I sold cars for a very brief time, <laughs> brief, brief, very brief. Um, you learn very quickly. You see people coming in and you may think they don't have any money. They're not going to buy anything. Or this or that. And I worked at another place uh, many years ago. And uh, it was in the restaurant business. And it was a lesson that I learned. I was 17 years old, Jose, at that point. I was working at a place called Mejor Que Nada. That is no longer in business here in San Angelo. But um, back then, um, I used to help seat people. Okay, And I had a couple of waiters who did not like to wait on Mexicanos. Because he Mm. said they didn't tip. Okay, So... Uh, they were so mad that I had sat Mexicanos in their, in their area. And, uh, just to make this not a racist thing, because these guys who didn't want these Mexicanos in their section 
were from Mexico. They told me, I don't want anybody from Mexico. I don't want any Mexicanos. I don't want any uh, anybody in my section. I They only wanted certain people in their section because they thought they were going to get a big tip out of it. And I was yeah. like, okay. So my point here is that they didn't want to work with those people. And sometimes you have to learn to work with anybody yeah. to, to be able to do the things that you want to do in life. And whether it's the CEO or it's a homeless person, um, sometimes you've got to go that extra mile. See, everybody wants to go the extra mile for the CEO. They want to go up there and like impress them and stuff. But you've got people sometimes on the streets that, you know, you could do something for and it would be amazing. But that's the thing. I, uh, you know, that, to finish that story, uh, I ended up waiting on those tables and making a really good tip because those guys did not want to wait on them. And they said, you do it. They were so mad. They were like, you do it. We don't want to do it. And so that's the thing. Sometimes you've got to do the stuff that you don't want to do or other people don't want to do yeah. because then it opens up more avenues for you for growth and also just to see and to empathize with people. How can you empathize with people that you're not willing to get down with? Jesus, that's what he did for us. He empathized with us and he got down to our level by coming to this earth, mm. but also sitting with those sinners and, and seeing what they were going through and learning the things about them. I mean, he already knew it. But mm. What I'm saying is that he was showing them, hey, I'm here with you. I'm right in the same ballpark as you. I'm here right next to you. And so he understands our struggles. And if we're willing to go through that and under, understand the struggles that other people are going through. Okay. So as an example, there's people on Instagram right now that their accounts are very small. They're trying to grow. They're trying to move forward and they can, they definitely can. They can grow. They have great stuff. A lot of them have great pictures, but nobody knows who they are. They don't know what's going on. So what you can do as a bigger channel or even what you're doing right now on your YouTube channel by featuring people like me or other people is giving them a boost and helping them and say, Hey, you know what? Other people did it for me. Like Mr. Cast iron did for me, like mm -hmm. you're doing for me. And the fact is, is that, um, I've got a bump off of some of that for my, for my YouTube channel. And I'm also getting, um, getting in with a lot of people that are very kind and nice and people I wouldn't normally have looked at their stuff. I'm in that and I'm learning that. So that's the thing that we have to do is we have to be willing to just go that extra mile for anybody, not just because of a certain position or yeah. anything like that. We've got to be willing to, to, to suck it up and, and do those things and to get out there. Um, you know, I know that you've always, gold. yeah, there it is. You've always done uh, great things with, with people and you've done missionary work. Um, I can remember a time when I was at a church and a guy came up to the church and the people that were working at the church didn't want to have anything to do with the guy. Okay. Because he stunk. Okay. Let's just put mm. it out there. He didn't smell good. It was horrible, but the guy was crying and he was hurting and I'm not doing this to pat myself on the back. I'm just giving you an example that sometimes you're going to have to deal with the worst in life and the stink and the stench and the evil parts of life, you're going to have to go and face them right in the front of you so that you can deal with them and that you can reach into that evil muck and pull somebody out with the love that you have. And 
it, it translates to, to your business, to everything that you're doing. You're helping somebody come out of a place like you were talking about how you've worked with people and you're talking about their vision and their goals and things yeah. like that. And you're pulling them out of a rough spot that they've been in and kind of giving them some hope. And that's that's the way I feel about what I do is I want to help people get to that point where they're doing things that they've never done, where they have more confidence in themselves than they've ever had. And it's genuine. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't tell people stuff that's a lie to build them up and say, oh, you're awesome. No, I don't do that. I tell yeah. people this because I feel that those folks are worthy of being looked at. So, you know, that's that's kind of the way I feel. And it's an over-explanation, but hey, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine, my man. <laughs> no, and I have met people that are like that, that they're constantly like over-praising you. And yeah. somebody's like, mm, that kind of, that kind of, it reminded me of, of course, last week I talked about Goodbye, Mr. Nice Guy. Hello, yes. Mr. Rockstar, or Mr. Mr. Nice Guy, but uh, and and that sometimes that comes from a place of insecurity that you like try to overpraise someone in hopes that they will focus more on them and not even look at my um, or your whatever <laughs> failures or or yeah. wherever you just come shortcomings. That's the word. Yes. But either way, no, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, when it comes from an authentic place, is more appreciated, more, more, more received. And I remember one time. Actually, no. Let's let let's leave that for another talk, because uh, <laughs> that would open up a whole new can of worms. Uh, let's see now. So Max's cell phone number is just kidding. I'm not gonna say read it on here. The last the last question, of course, if you want to be found, where can people find you? All right. So now, uh, right now, you can follow uh, find me on Instagram, uh, Small Town Texas Barbecue, and you can also find me on uh, YouTube. Um, small town Texas barbecue as well. I am on Twitter, but t- typically what I do is I share stuff from my Instagram to Twitter, and it's a little bit rare that uh, you'll see a bunch on there. I do have a TikTok too, but that doesn't get as much attention uh, from me. I mean, I get a lot of people commenting on the videos and stuff like that. Um, my biggest video on there at one point had well over 26,000 views um, on TikTok, um, which is not a ton, you know, but still yeah. for me, 26,000, I'm like, hey, that's awesome. I think the most um, I got was 300. Yeah. Well, it, it'll come when you least expect it because right. it wasn't something I expected, but it happened. So uh, for me, that's where you can find uh, some of the things that I'm doing. Uh, so feel free and uh uh, I'll put it out there that if you uh, are watching this show and you ever want to talk privately, send me a message and let me know. I'd love to talk to you and uh, any help that I can offer anybody in any way, you know, and I, like I told you in, in the questions, I'm kind of a minor rock star on this, but Hey, you know, I can, I'm, I'm glad to be the opening act, you know, in, in uh, at a lot of times opening acts, end up going on to become the big act because you grow from those things that you learn from seeing mm-hmm. other people. And I've seen so many people that I've worked with and, and uh, talked to who have been beneficial to me, people that have podcasts and people, and, and I wasn't referring to you at this point, but there's other people that have podcasts that I follow and people that take pictures and I, you know, people that have uh, some of that pool. And so a lot of them have helped me a whole bunch. And uh, I say that with love. I, I love these people. They're great folks. And uh, 
they really help me do things that I love to do. So let's avoid making your show any longer by uh, <laughs> going any further. But yeah, you, you already you already won the prize tonight, my man. No, yeah, yeah, no, don't ever forsake the humble beginnings of others because you yeah. never know what their struggles are, but you also never know where they're going to go. Just 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 respect everyone. Pray, um, Encourage everyone, cheer yeah. everyone on, and, and, and you'll find your cheerleaders along this road. You got it. Mac, thank you again for coming on this show. This was a great show. This was episode 29 uh, of Hey Rockstar, also known as an interview with a rock star. Awesome. Uh, I, I'm supposed to do the whole spill thing about, or the whole, you know, if you guys like podcasts, just check out Low Budget Productions. And make sure, make sure you put the duck in there on, <laughs> on, on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, it's a, a, a great place where, where the other podcasters. And if you are interested in starting your own podcast, please reach out to us. We would love to take your hand and walk you through the steps uh, and just join the family. Um, we just want you to be able to tell your story. So, yeah, this is a great show. Once again, thank you, Mac, from Small Town Texas Barbecue YouTube channel. <laughs> hey, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity, and I'm thankful for you. You're a brother. I love you, man, and uh, I, I appreciate you so, so much, and I'm so glad that I met your sister in college so that I could know who you are. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. And uh, thank you, listeners and, and people who showed up tonight and stick, stick around for the long run. You are the true rock star. You're the reason why I get up to do this. As long as we can bring value to you, it's it's much obliged. I mean, I just, I just I'm so grateful to, to be able to do this. I love it. So until next time, all the way from West Texas and from Middle Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. From Mac, myself, Josafat, Asombroso, El Guapo Emiliano, and that's Miguel. We want to wish you all just, you know, oh, first of all, just thank you for letting us into your homes. Thank you for letting us into your cars. And thank you for letting us into your hearts. So until next time, we hope that you have much love and many blessings. Thank you so much. Hey. You made it to the end of the episode. Look at you accomplishing things. <laughs> like the podcast? Then try catching us live next time. For now, the Hey Rockstar live stream is aired every Thursday. Hey Rockstar is affiliated with Low Budget Productions. Go to Facebook, like and follow LBP's page to learn more about the other amazing podcasts under their umbrella. The energetic rock background music is by Anwar Amar also known as Music Today 80. Josafat Emiliano is a keynote speaker and mentor. To connect and invite him for your next event, go to his Instagram and direct message him at Josafat Emiliano. That is J-O-S-A-F-A-T-E-M-I-L-I-A-N-O. So take the big five and go live life as a rock star.